0: So welcome back to another episode of Convers. Oh no, <laughs> that's my other podcast. <laughs> welcome back to another episode. It's best like you're
1: cheating on me. <laughs> oh. Like, oh, whoops, that's my other <laughs> podcast name. My what? other
0: podcast husband, yes. wife.
1: <laughs>
0: um, espresso and Earl Grey, we are here drinking coffee. Coffee. First time, I think.
1: That's right.
0: First man. time drinking coffee together. I've got this Zondervan Hebrew cup, and you've got this authentically made Newport coffee
1: house. I love it. it it's from authentic, Illinois. It, it's rustic, and yet at the same time, it's. Did you actually high get it from Newport? Manufactured. Yeah, I got it from what well, Newport Bannockburn, Illinois. Yeah. Where I used to live in Chicago. Right. But you can see. They've just stamped Newport there. And I'm sure it's some temp factory <laughs> blank template that <laughs> any coffee shop could stamp its name yeah, on. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it looks really rusty. It looks authentic, but it's
1: anything but authentic. It's like the mason jar.
0: Yeah. Well, talking about authenticity, yeah. I think that's a good one to, to think about. We are living in a world that is all about
1: authenticity. And the fascinating thing is every culture has a different way of seeing what authentic means. Yeah, yeah. So, and I know we shouldn't say it, but when I say Aussie, I mean white, Anglo-Aussie. Because other sociologists say, Sam, you can't do that because you're Asian, but you're just as Aussie as them. I say, no, I'm not. (laughs) But anyway, so when I say Aussie, I mean white, Anglo-Aussie. You say authentic and Aussie it means you know keeping it real Yeah. not up yourself yeah, 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 look yeah. at him he's in t-shirt and yeah. and shorts yeah. that's authentic that's keeping it real but to my asian parents t-shirt shorts and thongs means the opposite disrespectful yes. disrespect yeah not a team player yes not a- ac- up
0: yourself yeah up yourself <laughs> not acknowledging the social context yeah. that you're you're
1: in and you're Sam Wan, I'm Sam Chan, but there's another Sam out there, he's so wise, Sam Yip. Right. And he's a chaplain, and he has analysed this in that in the Chinese, in the Cantonese, is a word called dinging. Right, and yes. And it's untranslatable. Yes. You cannot it's, translate it in well, English. It sort of means proper. Proper. It sort of means well-mannered. Yes. It sort of means polite. But In the right way. M- all those things and then yeah, way more. Yeah, yeah. So for the Chinese to be authentic is almost to be zing-ging. Yes, and the yes. worst crime is to not be zing ging n-zing-ging. And so <laughs> if you wore shorts and a t-shirt to say church or to work or to the opera, that would be n ging and that would be horrible. Whereas an Aussie, they'll be, hey, look at yeah, that guy yeah, keeping yeah, it real. Yeah, Good yeah. on him. So there's a huge culture clash, isn't there, between the two? Totally. So the same text has two totally different opposite meanings. Yeah. Because of the two different cultures and the yeah. two different interpretations. I guess lenses. for
0: our for our Aussie listeners, it's kinda like wearing thongs to an RSL club, right? Which 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 think you can't still, do.
1: Which you can't do. Which is because funny because you think of all places, the yeah, RSL club yeah. should be the place where yeah. I can wear thongs because these diggers fought for my freedom. <laughs> and there's one place where I can't wear a baseball cap or thongs. Yeah, that bit never yeah. gets me. And it's almost like the bouncer is making a fashion statement. The the RSL of all yes, places yes. should not be the place that teaches I mean, me about fashion yeah. with their gaudy lights <laughs> and clashing color schemes. But it's
0: that. At respect, isn't it? You've got to present a particular way to to deem respect. Which then for 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 our Western listeners are like, well, isn't that just making something up? Like, isn't that just presenting an inauthentic self?
1: Well, when you do psychiatry, there's this thing called the mental state examination, the MSE, and you throw all these things together in your own sort of algorithm that work out. Is this person, what's their mental state? Are they healthy or unhealthy mentally? And one of the big things right up the front is, how are they dressed? How are they clothed? Because if your mental state is good, you should know how to dress appropriately for the context. Mm. So board shorts makes perfect sense at a beach, but not a job application. Or a tuxedo makes perfect sense at a wedding or at the opera, but not at the beach. So if I turn up in a tuxedo at the beach, you'd actually start thinking mentally, this person might be unwell. So, so the way we present ourselves is very important. So the story I give, this is fascinating. I attend a Chinese church where to be proper, to be zinging means if I was to be the person up front on the stage, either presiding or preaching, I should at least have a business shirt. Mm. But really in the Chinese congregation, it should be a full-on suit and tie and leather shoes So I had to preach in the northern beaches and I knew they're casual in the northern beaches So I thought I'll lose a tie. I'll lose the jacket I'll just have leather shoes smart pants and a collared business shirt I turn up there the minister is in shorts and a t-shirt. He looks at me. And he's horrified. I said to him. Am I? Overdressed he says you are horribly Overdressed. So it's interesting in the Northern Beaches culture, I came across as disrespectful, self-righteous, up myself. Yeah. And and they're proud, arrogant, holier Mm. than thou, Mm. talking down to them. Whereas in the Chinese culture, by dressing up, that is to be respectful, to be authentic, to be polite, to be a team player. Mm.
0: So, is it wrong of me to ask the question Which one is right? Well,
1: they both have their strengths and weaknesses. So there's this fascinating book, it's called Clash, Eight Intercultural Conflicts That Define Us. Right. And one of the big ones it looks at is the difference between the East and the West. And it says, in the end, you know, we just got to understand each culture in and of themselves. But the East can learn a lot from the West, and the West can learn a lot from the East. So It's best to be bicultural. One example is this, for, the asian culture it it's quite an elitist culture let's Mm. face it you gotta learn the piano not the guitar or (laughs) drums because i'm sorry the guitar and drums is not a proper instrument no it's not it has to be beethoven and not the beatles so it's quite an elitist culture again but for the chinese almost every kid has to learn the piano because it's a proper instrument it teaches you discipline habit character and here's the thing i remember saying to my mum, can i learn the guitar or the drums and the answer is not until you have basically mastered the piano, right. done all eight grades. Now you can do the guitar and drums. And then you've got to, so you can see the strengths there. It's teaching me discipline, resilience, perseverance. But at the same time, I'm missing out on an instrument that I was probably better suited at, the guitar or drums, and robbed of the joy and the happiness from that. Mm. And, and for what purpose? Like why do I need the piano, really? Because you don't need it now. Whereas the Aussie-Anglo culture is the opposite. Hey, you can do guitar this year. Oh, you see, okay, ballet. Okay, you don't like ballet. How about water polo? Yeah. So, you know, the Aussies do a different activity almost every year. So on the one hand, they lose out on perseverance yes. and character formation. Yes. But they gain a broader depth and breadth of experience. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I see, it seems like as you're talking there, there's there's, there's different cultural Values, whereas the Eastern perhaps values the advice of the elders, whereas a Western parenting uh, uh, um, values the autonomy of choice for the child.
1: Is that right? I think so. So the child one day can choose for themselves which one out of the 18 activities would they like to go on and and pursue.
0: Yeah. And again, is it? Which one is wrong well, or which one is right? And,
1: and I think each parent unconsciously is trying to work out, how can I maximize social capital for my child? Mm. So in the Asian culture, just like the mental state examination, should I wear a tux at the beach or should I wear board shorts at the beach? What will maximize social capital for my child? In the Asian culture, yes, being able to play Beethoven on the piano will maximize social capital for my child in a way that guitar and drums won't. Mm. But in the Australian culture, where the guitar and the drums is very cool, mm. it will maximize social capital in that culture. Mm. So as an Asian parent raising a child in Australia, you've got to work at, oh, I'm putting my social capital in the wrong bank here. My child would actually gain just as much social capital from guitar and drums and comic books, back to the comic books <laughs> as they would from piano.
0: So I'm at your place and I see the clarinet, the saxophone and there's a piano out there. How have you raised your child, in your children in in that
1: well exactly like that i say hey Kate, just hey you you want to do the saxophone fine you've chosen it at least stick it out for one or right. two years so you've mixed it's, the... a funny, it's an arbitrary number like <laughs> i wouldn't say stick it for one stick it out for one month but i wouldn't do what the asian parent says take you to the eighth grade but it's here's the funny thing my asian parents look at my kids playing clarinet and Saxophone, say, so why are not they gonna learn the piano? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, so you know, to them these wind instruments are not a proper instrument. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it seems like you've landed in the middle of, of both Western and Eastern culture.
1: And the funny thing is I say to my kids, if you wanna be musical, because there's no point forcing a square peg through a round hole, you know, there's nature and nurture. Mm. I don't want it just to just be nurture, you know lessons and practice there has to be some musical nature there yeah yeah i say really you need to master a variety of instruments you know keyboard a wind instrument drums and guitar and again unconsciously i'm realizing those four things will give you a lot of social capital in an australian society Mm, mm. so why is social capital so important oh i I think it's because community is very important yeah so what Asians don't understand about the Australian culture, the outdoors mm. and sports is very important for social capital. Uh, because you could be at a barbecue, as you know, and suddenly if there's a pool, everyone's gonna wanna jump in the pool and they're gonna have classic catches, you know, where you throw a tennis ball, you gotta catch it, dive in the pool. Everyone's playing it. And if you're the one Asian kid who can't play that game because you can't swim, you, you miss out. Yeah. Like you, you may as well. You may as well have turned up in a tuxedo when everyone else was wearing board shorts. <laughs> you, you don't fit. You're a square yeah, peg. Yeah, yeah. You know, not fitting. Or you don't realise if your kid has an accounting degree because that's what you wanted them study hard, get the marks, become an accountant. Your accounting firm is going to have a golf day or a tennis day. Your kid, they've assumed your kid can play golf or, or tennis. So somehow the outdoors and, and sports is a very big part of what it means to be part of a community in Australia. So it's,
0: it's like trying to parent. And I, th- I feel like we've moved from dinging to, <laughs> to, to, to parenting now. It seems like you're trying to give them a holistic kind of approach to life rather than just a pragmatic approach or a complete social approach, you know?
1: I still remember going to a parenting seminar and the lady said, finish this sentence. When my child is at the age of 18, I want my child to be blank. Like what? Because the whole problem when you're raising kids when they're young is you actually forget what the outcome is meant to be. All you do is you're at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, shelter, warmth. You're in that three hourly feeding sleep cycle so in the micro cycle, you forget what the big macro meta picture is. So at the age of eighteen, what do I want my child to be? And every parent and this was in Canada, so when I'm talking about Asians, I'm talking about white people as well. We all sat there and we didn't know the answer. Like we actually and of course I joke for Asians as I want my child to be successful, a doctor. <laughs> or for Westerners as I want my child to be happy. Yeah. But they're both actually you can't objectively measure happiness no. or success and no. that's the problem that's why parents uh that's why jennifer senior in her book or joy but no fun the paradox of modern parenting says that's why parents ironically are making themselves and their children more tired and more miserable because mm. we're aiming for these outcomes that are unachievable like happiness or success because they're mm. abstract what but uh... this this lady yeah. said you actually want your child to be, well, and I guess these are Western values, aren't they? Independent, mature, resilient, of good character. Yeah. And suddenly, as a parent or as my job is to equip my children so they, at the age of eighteen, they're independent, mature, resilient, and of good character. And sticking at piano lessons will help that. A team contact sports where they realise life sucks. There's someone jumping on my head, and I just have to get over that will help Uh, maybe martial arts will help where someone has me in a rear naked (laughs) neck uh, (laughs) choke and the umpire can't see and i have to get myself out of this hole those things might help and so suddenly you're realizing okay my child i can't put all my eggs in one basket for my child Mm. they need a variety of experiences and Mm. skills like a big toolbox to yeah
0: yeah um when is too much too much then? It seems like you, you can't have eggs in one basket, but then how do you
1: how do you balance all that? Yeah, how do you not under-function? How do you not over-function? Yeah, yeah. And I always like to make the joke, you know, as parents, we're maxed out. Like on Monday night, my kids will have swimming. Tuesday, and you've got to be able to swim in Australia, right? So swimming lessons make sense. Tuesday, they might have clarinet Wednesday they've got football Thursday they got band mm. Friday they got church group yeah, like, maxed yeah. out and even then someone will say but they're not doing Chinese <laughs> your kids gotta learn Chinese and then the next major superpower they gotta be able to speak Chinese so I think at some stage just realizing you know what all I want is my kids to be independent resilient of good character and as a Christian I would say of godly good mm. character and I feel like this is enough. This is all they need. Mm -hmm. And it would be great if they could learn Chinese, but Mm -hmm. impossible. And the more important thing is they're not stress themselves. I'm around, I'm available, I'm emotionally available.
0: Yeah, yeah. How do you then grow godly character in your children?
1: Yeah, so it's, on the one hand, it's being, so just being secure and comfortable with who you are. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if I'm a child of God, I am a child of God. Yeah. And I think that's part, and a part of growing, just enjoying mm. the relationship with mm. God, where it's not just an acquaintance, but really God is my father, Jesus is my brother, that sort of thing, his spirit is in me. Somehow you just naturally grow just by being. And at the same time, just those little rituals, family rituals where, you know, you know, in the family, of God rituals, you know, regular meeting with other Christians, role modeling. Yeah, yeah. Do you find that that Christian
0: parents in around your circles are Perhaps overly obsessed with giving opportunities to children, and not opportunities of discipleship.
1: Do you see that, or as in the parents should disciple more? Yeah,
0: know? yeah. That, that they're more they're more. I guess from my perspective, as, as a previous youth worker and as as someone who who uh, work with children. And stuff. I see that the parents are more concerned with giving opportunities for their kids to flourish than opportunities for their
1: kids to grow in godliness. I see what you mean. Yeah, definitely, because it's a godliness that gives you that stable foundation yeah. for the extra bells and whistles and yeah, optional yeah, extras. Yeah. And sadly, as parents, we can think we can outsource things. So in the same way I can outsource clarinet lessons. Yes. Because I can't teach them the clarinet. Yeah. I can outsource swimming lessons. Yeah. But really, they, they say the most effective thing is if you just parent them. So so, if, if you can swim, you should be the one teaching your kid mm. to swim. Mm. If you can, you know, play cricket. You should be the one yeah. role modeling cricket in the nets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think the the godly discipleship growing a character is best done mm. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, by the parents. Yeah. Because let's face it, the church only gets your kid yeah. one hour out of a whole week. Yeah. So you can't outsource. Yeah. You, you can't outsource discipleship in the way you can outsource a clarinet lesson. So if we go back to Zing Geng. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Is it right then to say that the, 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 the ding-gang? <laughs> now, now I'm struggling to pronounce
1: it. It's not but, only untranslatable, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, it's yeah. hard to pronounce. It's got the, that word, yeah,
0: The ding the, the way yeah. of the Christian parent is not only to give opportunities in a Western way, not only to give um, discipline in an Eastern way, but to grow in godliness in a Christian way. Yeah,
1: and I think so much of the insecurity of parents is, and I say this, once you take away a god, your children become your gods. Mm. And you feel judged by your, not just your children, but how society perceives your children. So your whole identity, success and status now invested in the future of your children. And for Asians, that means my children need to be successful. They need to be doctors or lawyers. Otherwise, I have no dignity or status. But for Aussie parents, if my children aren't happy, that reflects badly on me as well. So we project all these fears and insecurities upon them. So our children can't just be themselves. They, they have to live our lives by proxy, be that success for the Asian or mm. happiness for the Westerner. But if I can say, no, 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 my children are a gift from God. I'm a steward of them. My project is to help them be the best they can be, like independent, mature, of good character. And just realising their dignity, my dignity is my relationship with God and not in my achievements. Not in these arbitrary abstract markets like happiness or success.